0: No, because yeah. you could tilt it more. Uh, huh?
1: I mean, yeah, I wanted to get both of us. All right, it's just
0: behind the scenes. So All right. Yeah, so, cool. so, um, yeah. So okay. I sent you the list of questions. Yeah, I would have gotten those questions real
1: quick. All right. So everything cool? Yeah, man, everything cool. We Gucci like we like we one hundred plus ten. We okay. Good. What's going on, you? Everything's good. Everything's good. We really? Video right.
0: rolling. Are you speaking? All right. So, because normally we just start with cold openings for the algorithms because oftentimes, you know, before people used to be like, oh, I have a long intro. So I'm like, me and PG found a compromise because we didn't want to cut the intro short. Mm-hmm. We want we like our intro because, you know, everything goes to be like, you know, tourists come down, they go to the beach, but they don't come over the hill to see where we sleep. No. Our nightmares is their fun and There you go. There you see, but at the end of the day, everything's so cool. But I, it's crazy because I was saying for like almost the uh, last year, I was like, I wonder if I could get them on the show. Because it, <laughs> part of doing these is like the challenge of trying to see if I could get a particular guest. Because it's always something in my mind where I'd be like, Am I that reputable enough to get <laughs> these people? Because, you, know, you know, NASA's the whole thing of. Yeah, how big your name is. I mean, unfortunately, yeah.
1: I mean, but me, me personally, um, you wouldn't have had that challenge with me because I'm, I'm just like I'm all about empowerment of people, and whatever it is that you do, um, if I can assist you in any regard, then Mm. I'm on board. Now, had I been booked and busy today. That would have been a different story. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> That's why I felt like that. Yeah. But when they asked, I felt like, okay, this is the opportune time now. And me, because it's been <laughs> yeah. in the back of my mind. And I don't know if maybe you've been live before. And I say, bro, do <laughs> my part. And I don't know if you ever yeah. seen it. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I mean, I did go in, and check it out after you would have reached out to me. I saw some stuff. Um, and I, I actually, like, um, I have something like this in mind to do for myself. Because i mm-hmm. um, Um, like the podcast deal is like what's happening, Yeah, you know, um, I lived in the U S for a while and, um, you know, there's so many different avenues that you can take to gain recognition. And for some reason, like a lit podcast is, is one of the routes to take. And it's just hard to do. Eh, There's a lot of, of behind scenes that people don't know about. They think you just come and talk. And then, yeah, talk. That's why I tell people all the time. Like <laughs> yeah. I've been doing this since 2019,
0: and it's right. like it's been a journey because you have to, especially when you're doing it on your own. Yeah. You have to build equipment. Okay, people. People be like, "All right, well, I could just talk," but it's like you have to fund. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I mean, bro, you ain't got the
1: funds, so, bro, Like you yeah, know, mics, cameras. Words, you know, upgrading, having I, the I, space, I'm having just, you know. You know just digital equipment, and you then, know, just paying for software and all that, shit, you know. And then, not even
0: talking about the back end when you have to market and push and cut clips,
1: and that's another thing. <laughs> so, so like, you yeah. have to, if you started on your own, you have to be like an all in one guy. You got to know yeah. how to do graphics, you got to know how to do editing, gotta have the right editing programs, Indeed. you know. Then, your production, you need like, if you don't have a production team, you are the production team exactly you know what i'm saying rigs setting up you know going through it being in place hitting the mark it's a lot
0: yeah i like that stuff
1: that's two minutes so
0: now we would say welcome to everything cool and then that's where we put the intro (laughs) yeah we don't want to do anything to scare your children that's the last thing we want to do we don't want to scare anybody the
1: tourists come over to chill on the beach. But they don't come over the hill where we sleep.
0: We got nightmares and they got fantasies. No silence, it's just insanity. My mommy hoping nothing happens to me. <laughs> so, um, now that we're back from intro, because like you know, I just edited in. There you go. We first let me introduce myself. I'm the niggas of Nassau, Saint Antoine, Alexander, Lord Jalen Willard at your service. Joined by on um, the party in backyard of one, but the same PG this time. Please introduce yourself, sir. <laughs> it's your boy, Briskool, and A.K.A. Breezy, A.K.A. Okay, kilo, A.K.A. Okay, not as many, A.K.A. Okay, so PG. A.K. not just as much as PG, but shout out PG. Shadow I just PG. come from Ryan by PG. Um, PG is preoccupied at this moment, <laughs> but we ain't going to go into that. Um, and last but not least, our guest for the date, the legendary Wellington Roberts, A.K. Welly Funny.
1: There you go. <laughs> I, I ain't got that much A.K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aka the fire, aka the cat, aka the rat, nah, that's <laughs> how so much aka I'm just Wellington Roberts, also yeah. known as Wellington Funny the Comedian. That's it. Man. Yeah.
0: Like well, the, the first time I saw one of the clips was when you had this TikTok where it's like, wait, I can gink you, dog, but you come around <laughs> me talking again. And I was like, but
1: I hear someone you was ginking a long yeah. time. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of where my comedy comes from. My comedy comes from like the old school, you know, make you laugh hard, Bernie Mac type vibe. Like I... I I take it back so that persons my age bracket, mm. a little over, a little over, over that. And mm. then, you know, even some of the persons who grew up with some old people, they would understand exactly where it comes from, you know? Mm. So let's get in. Well, before we go into
0: that, a part we have a special segment or everything Cold called the Bayman Word Phrase Saying of the Day. And okay. we normally give that one to our guests. Okay.
1: So, word, phrase, our theory. saying. Anyone, uh, I, like, I just love boy. So I really
0: hard for you much to... so. How you
1: spell your boy? I spell my boy B E I I B E I I. Like why? <laughs> oh, look. Why the two eyes? Because I see B E I. I just boy. Like just finish it. Like there's nothing boy. That's you like, 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 know like, i'm saying b e
0: y that's that's my favorite i like just b y people uh, B like B U I B E yeah some people just try y yeah
1: uh, i don't know oh can i is this pg i me mean, if you. we can bleep it out for two talk all right, shout out to you know, no curse family. All right, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, man, um, my my phrase would be between I like what you said. Let's use gink, gink, I, I, I can gink you, yeah, gink yo, <laughs> but you shouldn't. y'all back uh, tell for the
0: international audience, explain what is gink or ginking. <laughs> Oh, I get gink.
1: Okay, the gink, the gink comes from mm-hmm. that little boy that stood in front of the television every Saturday mm. and watched Sting and Big Van Vader. Sting would come down from the from the rafters on some type of device, come into the stage, and he would do a splash, and he had a move where he do his hand like this, and boom that's the gink mm. big man Vader, grab you and hold you up and boom and then when he come down he come down with the elbow <laughs> so uh, the, the colloquial term for that in BIM in terms is gink and I put this on you like Thank
0: you. Not even the, like the people's elbow from The Rock. Because no. they say sensing, you know, seeing the wrestling uh, references. See,
1: yes, but I, I go way back, even before The Rock you yeah. so, know I talking like. Because like, Sting like 60 years old. Yeah, they like, you know, talking about Sting. I talking about Rick Flair. WCW. Yeah. yeah, way back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So
0: tell us, how does Wellington funny story begin?
1: Oh, What's, tell you, believe mm, it or not, mm. um, it took me getting off of this rock and introducing myself to a whole different vibe type environment to see what my hidden talent potential was. Uh-huh. Um, I always told jokes, and you know I was always the life of the party to like family events. Okay. You know, fam- so you was
0: the, always the class clown Yeah,
1: up. family gatherings and in school, I would be the dude, you know, cracking the jokes and whatever. But I didn't know that I could have made it a thing mm. until I, you know, I had I'd moved to the U.S. I'd resigned from my job. Mm. When did you move to the U.S.? Uh, this would have been back in 2014. Okay, so this was recently, so you didn't, like, was I know you went to C.R. Walker? Yeah, I, right? went, I went to C.R. Um, after C.R., I had gone to the family island to work. I'm a family island boy, by the way. Mm-hmm. North Andres and, and, and the Barry Islands constituency. I'm a Berry Islander. I'm an um, mm-hmm. I man. My, my, my first, first job, when I finished school, I went into construction. Mm-hmm. I was like, doing. I didn't know the hell I was doing. I was like, all right, straight to to school. What do I do? Um, I had applied for a BBC. They were like, all right, uh, next semester. It's like, all right, so what am I doing? Hanging around the house? So So I went into the work field and I went back home to the family islands. And, um, you know, from there, I I grew a thirst for money Mm -hmm. because I realized that I can make money. You know what I'm saying? A few years passed. Um, I always had an interest in um, law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And um, I. I went into the urban renewal program, did the whole nine yards with that, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then some time had passed after working several odd jobs, and um, I decided that hey, you know, go after the dream, and um, I I went into the Royal Bahamas Police Force. Okay, so it was your dream to? And I had I had a thing for law enforcement. I was like, you know, I grew up in the hood. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Born and raised, uh, being in Grandstown, you know, I, I I used to cross borders from Chippenham to Bain Town, from Bain Town to East Street, from East Street over to Centerville. You know, those were all borders. Like, back in the day, those were borders, like, real borders. Like, you go over a certain border and you ain't from that hood, like, you, you, get, get you could find your bicycle getting take, or <laughs> you could find your head getting barked off. That's another old school talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bark head off, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it wasn't, the, you know, like what these dudes call gangs now. Everybody got a gun, you know. Everybody in a little march. No, you know. It's more so like you back then. You had to do, like you had a bicycle, or you either you had a bicycle or you were walking. Mm. And if you went into the wrong neighborhood, you would just see a bunch of dudes in the road. And, you know, if you're smart, you would play you doing something, turn around and run. <laughs> and if you're ballsy and brave, you'd try walk past. And the questions to be asked. And if you ain't got the password, you, you get your head barked off, or get gink in your back once or twice, mm. you know. Um, and, yeah, so um, I, I went into to policing. Um, so what made you
0: I was asked this question, what made you at the time be like, yeah, I can join the police force
1: uh boy, like I said, growing up in the hood, it was either you you were a product of the hood and you did some hood stuff mm-hmm. and tried to get out. You either went into the hotel to get a job, you worked for government or you know you you tried to get out. Mm. And getting out was getting a, a, a armed forces job, defense force, immigration, customs, police. Prison. So I was in you know, prison. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I need to get out. I didn't want to join the hotel line. Everybody was, Atlantis was praised back yeah. then. Ramos, you Atlanta, know Atlantis
0: job was part of the bohemian dream. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, a part, you know, part of the
1: behemoth dream was Atlantis job, yeah. you know. Yeah. Back before Atlantis, the, the pride was the Radisson Hotel, Crystal mm. Palace. Yeah. Like it was a it was it was a prize possession to work mm. in the hotel industry. Mm. And um, so you either joined the hotel line, you know, you had one auntie or an uncle that knew something in government, mm. get a government job, or you get out because getting a law enforcement job meant not only meant that you got stability, but you know, you can kinda change some things about your lifestyle. Yeah. And it was it was a comfortable pace, you know. Get out of my house, mm-hmm. or get an apartment, get one car, and do some things. So I saw it as one an opportunity to get out of the hood, and two, I was kind of passionate about like changing some things in my hood. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I got into policing. Um, I didn't stay long. How um, much years you put in? Wow. Well, I initially started policing from Urban Renewal. Okay. Um, uh, the Urban Renewal Program had, um, I don't know if you remember, there was uh, a program called the District Constable Program where they would hire civilians to work along with police, okay. et cetera, et cetera, and they would give you um, credentials that would say you are a you know, police civilian. Or like, something like, something like a like, justice like, or, or the yeah, peace type of situation. Something along those lines. Um, so it started from there, working along with police in several um, policing um, operations um, opportunities, you know, working along with urban renewal and working along with social services and several um, children's homes, etc. Mm. So it was an all around exposure, but that's where my policing began. Mm. And then when I had the chance or opportunity to go on as a full time policeman, I went. Um, but another opportunity had come across and, um, you know, starting salary for a policeman was around 24,000 around the time, 24,000 a year, 2000 a month. You that know ain't. what I'm saying? That ain't uh, that bad. Uh, that ain't nothing. Yeah. Uh, that ain't, I mean, Hey, Royal are police force. I still love y'all. I mean, you know, know, um,
0: (laughs) that's better than a lot of what people maybe I think that was my salary
1: for a long time when they. I mean, see, and back then that was a high salary. You were making five hundred dollars a week. Technically, that was an extreme salary. You know what I'm saying? Because that was back in the day when minimum wage was one fifty, bro. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Minimum wage is one fifty. Yeah, one twenty five. Minimum wage was one fifty, one seventy five, I think. So, you on a government job making five in the week, you know, you you've arrived. You You're know what violent. I'm saying? Yeah. You know, Even compared I... the person's making six hundred dollars a month, bro. Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I did some research, and um, I I would have learned that um there was an opportunity in Broward in the U.S. Um, to become a sheriff's deputy. Oh. And their starting salary was like 74000 a year. Jeez. So it was like, same deal, same training.
0: And you get to go to Walmart and money. Uh, and and,
1: and, and <laughs> like the plus side is, you get to go to Walmart. Yeah. You know what uh, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I visited that option. Um, and the funny thing is, um, I didn't properly prepare myself for what I would have had to have done to even start the process, you know, but i I had met um someone that was living in in the u s and you know her and i we kinda were gonna work out how how that was gonna happen um but wouldn't you have been straight over there because you were gonna take a job? yeah, but like I said, um there was more behind it than i assumed okay, but i I took the the first initial step was to get there, okay. And figure it out, and then go through the process, etc. Um, you know, that person that I would have connected with is my son's mom. Okay. Um, so I went for a job and made a baby. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's how. <laughs> happen- uh You know, things happen. Um, but during my time there, that's where I, I, I gained my passion for entertainment, comedic okay. entertainment. So you
0: was a sheriff's deputy, but honing your craft as a comedian at this time.
1: I wasn't a sheriff's deputy. Never, I never got the job. Oh. I went for the job, but didn't get the job. Um, but I could not work. Okay. You know, you, you cannot work in the U.S. Uh, without uh, special visas and all yeah. those things or whatever. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was, you know, you're here. What are you going to do? Um, my, my son's mom at the time. She Mm. took care of me. Um, I was a stay-at-home dad. I didn't know that was actually a term until I moved to the U.S. It really is. Yeah, but I was a stay-at-home dad. Um, And when I didn't have anything to do and I was extremely bored, I was like, okay, so what do I do? Um, I started to visit open night mics, open Mm. mic nights. Um, um, You know, and I saw that persons were doing what i did back home Mm -hmm. they're basically you know you get on a stage in front of a mic and you tell a story um just you have to know how to make that story interesting interestingly funny Mm -hmm. and that's what they did and i i i went to a few open mics and then you know i was like you can do that too Mm -hmm. get on stage um i signed up i could remember i signed up and um I met this comedian um, by the name of Fridge, his stage name is Fridge, big guy. And I said to him, I said, um, you know, how do you do it, man? How do you go on stage in front of all of those people and tell these stories? And he's like, man, listen, I don't give a shh, blank, blank about those people. I'm there to have a good time. So he's like, he, he made me understand it wasn't about him. I mean, it wasn't about them. It was more it about so him. him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And he went there and he just did his thing. And, um, you know, I signed up at a few open mics. I went on stage, did my thing. At first, it was a cricket type environment. Yeah, because most people
0: say, <laughs> yeah. you know, their first gig be bomb because you don't know how to, that you're the working your material. Yeah, See, I mean, gonna-
1: people tend to say that and it doesn't work out that way. Okay. Comedy is a whole different animal when you uh-huh. have to stand in the front of a gra- Some people get ca- public speaking alone. It's is, a
0: challenge for most people. Yeah.
1: Public yeah. speaking alone is like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? So imagine public speaking in combination with trying to entertain and not only entertain, but make people laugh. That's what stand-up comedy is.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and um, the first few times I did it, because my culture or even my dialect mm. was Bahamian, and the culture was Bahamian, i didn't really resonate with the uh, you know. audience yeah and yes. so i had to learn to um say certain keywords mm. and had to learn how to switch up some of the things that i said uh like all right in the u.s um they don't know what boy is yeah. <laughs> like, what boy? So I like this boy. <laughs> so I had to turn boy into cat. I was like this cat you mm, know, yeah. this cat thing I was playing eh, and they understood what I was saying. You mm. know what I'm saying? So I used American dialogue and switched it up and then I started to hit my mark. And um after doing it a few more times, um I realized that I can do this. I just tell stories. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's how I got into comedic entertainment. Okay. Public speaking and um, you know, that's where it started. You know, and that's how I got into that's this is the end, but not the end result, but this is where it This I'm is activity. like a more of a finished product. Yes. This is this is the finished work. So okay, so from that ecole
0: experience, obviously, so this was twenty fourteen when you went over there for the Yes. Okay, so by the time I probably first, the first time I saw you was you were working at BTC, or doing yes. segments with BTC, so this was around 2016 2017. Mm-hmm. So what happens between 2014 to 2017 to bring you back to the bombers? Um, and some, and give us some of the trials and tribulations of: well, first, trying a comedy thing, and first know, of all, yeah.
1: um, you know, um, America doesn't allow you to stay in their country. <laughs> And just be there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had to get a, a certain type visa for extended time. Um, I couldn't work. Um, I had um, I had some I had some some people that showed me some love, like my mom and whatever. I had some family members that were like, you know, you've always been a good guy, you know, we're gonna take care of you from here and you know, so financially I felt <laughs> kind of burdened, I mean, I felt like I was burdening people financially, because mm. you're abroad and people are sending you money every month or whatever, whatever, and I'm like, okay, I have this woman taking care of me, I'm an island man, I used to this. Mm. I don't stay home and cook and clean and wash. That's a woman's job, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what, let me get out of here. Mm. You know, um, my son's mom and I, that relationship, you know, didn't work the way we wanted it to work. I came back home, and the funny thing, you mentioned BTC. I was only home like six months. I was only home like six months. And because I had started to release content on my Facebook, on my Instagram, BTC, they, they, they took a liking to me. Mm. And um, what's the lady's name? She reached out to me from their marketing department. And they were like, hey, um, we'd like to meet with you. So mm. the meeting was set up. And um, I had another meeting after that, and I walked out to BDC on a, a one-year contract, and they renewed me every year for like three years.
0: Okay, so what, because you said they saw you from posting content on your social media. So when mm-hmm. you started to really get into social media, because you was you were saying how you did with, yeah. you know, got into well, it as a stand-up comedian. Yeah, but-
1: um I, I got into content creation. A lot of people don't understand what content creation is. Content uh-huh. creation can be you doing a video brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and that's content. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you you could be advertising a toothbrush, toothpaste, a water system. You know, a particular type restroom fixture, whatever. It's content, and um, I realized that the simplest type of content is what gets recognized. So you do something simple funny interesting etc and people pick it up so I just started to do a lot of videos Mm. like I created a a huge barrage of videos um, usually by myself talking about something that's happening or something that was going on and um, I released on my platforms and they found it to be extremely funny because I could remember initially I would I used to do a thing where um, like I would record people talking, uh-huh. and I would say in the background what they're saying to each other, and I would release that. So I'd, two people would just be randomly talking, I'd be in my car, tinted glass, and I would have the camera on them, and I would be having a conversation, what they're having, and I would say the craziest things, and it was funny, because it, you know that's not what they're saying, yeah. but because they're talking, and I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing a man's voice, yeah, you think I just played? Mm. doing the woman's work. you need to shut up. Mm. <laughs> so it was funny, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And um, that type of conduct was recognized. And they, they brought me in and, you know, thank you. Shout out to BDC Marketing Department, Miss um, Carol, my good friend, Miss, um, <laughs> Jesus Lord, I forget her name. But you know what I'm talking about, you. <laughs> the pretty one the pretty hair. Uh, she might not even be there no more Yeah, no, she's still there I saw her right. the other day Okay yeah.
0: So, well, like, what was the first time You go on viral? Because After the old BTC thing I mean, we could probably get in that segment um, That topic line later But Like, you know, I was aware of you Like, subtly, But then It was like When you had the famous video When you said saying You have 10,000 followers And I went to check And I was like Like, where? <laughs> like, how? Like, it was almost that- like Overnight That happened. That that
1: wasn't even my first viral video. Um, No, I know that wasn't your first one. When was the first time you went viral? Uh, The first time I went viral, I think um, it was I had visited my son's school. Mm. I had visited my son's school, and my son would have been like three around this time, maybe Mm. two, three years old. And I visited my son's school, and the other toddlers were there. Children, if you want the truth, mm. or you want the hard truth, go in a room of children. They'll let you know. <laughs> so, so I went into my son's school, and um, they were like, "Hey, Mister Fat Man." <laughs> 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 I was like, "What?" I said, like, "That's quite offensive." So they're like, and then they started to tell each other, "Him hey, is a fat man. That's Chan's fat daddy." And they must eat all the chance lunch <laughs> right? mm-hmm. so So I was like, I was like looking at the teachers, like, so y'all didn't see these children calling me fat nigga? So they were like, and they were like literally just having a conversation about this fat man yeah. who's chance daddy, and him must eat all the food, and him must walk like this and do all that. <laughs> right? So I was like, I looked at the teachers, and they were like, yeah, hey, don't mind them, they're just kids. So I went outside and I did a live video, uh-huh. and I was like, I, I'd go back in there and I'd start kicking them down and I'd start body slamming them little children. <laughs> but, but I was like, how dare they? And I say my son in the tutor you know, I would grab two of them together, and choke slam them or something. Mm. And I was I was venting, but in a funny way because yeah. it's children. Yeah. The persons that were viewing it, they knew I was I was not physically go back in the arm, you know what I'm saying? But for me to say it, Uh, because of what they said, it was funny. And that video, that live feed video was like about, like a three minute video. And that, that to this date has maybe like almost 200,000 views. Oh wow. And that was, that was the start of the beginning. And, um, you know, I realized that people found crazy things funny but reality-based. Mm. You know, if it actually happened and it was funny, you know, someone else is going to find it funny too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that was my first viral video. Oh, wow. So, did that lead you to always do, like, these
0: lies? Because, okay, so, when, when did you end with BTC? Um, this was, like, right before I, the I pandemic? Ended,
1: I ended with BTC, like, right before the pandemic. Okay. Like, 2019. Um, The pandemic, um, shout out to the Chinese... And the snake and the bat, whatever do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the pandemic. The pandemic is what shot me from maybe ranking number number 14 to damn near number one. Because during the pandemic, mm. when everyone was at home yeah. and no one could move and no one could do anything, everyone went to social media. Yeah. Like it was like what's happening in social media? And that's when I started the DFWD show. Mm. The don't frig with that, the next word, mm. show. And um, I shot that live f- sometimes in my bathroom. I shot that in my front room. I shot that in my room. I shot that in my car. Mm. And that show propelled me from the 5,000 followers that I was allowed on my personal page for starting a my, fan my, page. Okay. And the fan page propelled to like 200,000 followers. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, but COVID-19, you know, God bless the soul of everyone that didn't make it. But yeah. COVID-19 and the lockdowns, the pandemic shot me to where I am today. So,
0: how mm. did you feel mm. crossing that threshold, mm. of having, like, what are you feeling in this moment of people finding, like, not only, coming back home but coming back home and feeling successful. because normally when people the whole goal for most people that live not just in the bahamas but live in third world countries is to go to a first world country and make this big dream type of situation mm. and it's like when that doesn't really happen people sort of get depressed about it for a time and then try to sort of make something out of nothing, but begrudgingly do it along the way because they still be uh, sort of jaded like, yeah, like, I do
1: little, but, you know. Uh, I, I have so many friends that have moved abroad to live the American dream or the Canadian dream, and they are crying to simply come back home to try and cruise because success in America and success in Canada takes a lot. Yeah, and that's what people don't understand. It, it, like, it, it takes a lot. Yeah. Like, the, and you know, unless you are an extremely good athlete I, yeah. or some tech genius. Like in STEM. You know what right, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're going to go. Remember, America already has their citizens trying to do the same thing that you're doing. Millions of people trying to do the same thing. You know what thing, I'm saying? You know. So you're not going to go there and be something... Sig- you know significant significantly different because whatever idea you have in your head 10 million people have it in their heads as well
0: yeah and that's why I, I always tell like young creators like everybody be like yeah i would be this in the states but i'm like i don't think you would be you in the states because no. you would <laughs> you like it'll be hundreds of you because you yeah. think you're doing something but it's like it probably be 100 people just as good as you and probably 50 better
1: Bro, listen, why you know. the, the best thing you can do is is go abroad, get the experience, um, get the know-how, get the knowledge, and then come back and refine it. And get the connection so you can always go yeah. back and forth. Yeah. That, that's you. one thing I I can get. But trying to chase the American dream from the bottom up or the Canadian dream from the bottom up, eh, it's not as easy as people think it is.
0: Yeah. I know. You know. I, I lived that
1: life okay. <laughs> I know. Right.
0: like you know going to school and being like oh and I can try to get straight and it don't happen and ah. it's like but you see the pitfalls to where it's like this ain't really what they trying no. to sell us bro it's, like,
1: it's a, I saw a TikTok there oh, was yeah. a girl that she was like oh go go to the US go to school get your education I'll get your degrees you know live the American dream she's like why did y'all lie to me <laughs> she's like why do y'all lie? You know
0: what I'm saying? It ain't that The bills easy.
1: here are 10 times more. The traffic is 20 times more. The drama and mix-up is 50 times more. I should just stay home. No. Um, you know, so, you know, my my experience was something different um, because the comedic industry or the comedy industry in the Bahamas isn't as highly recognized as other industries Uh and there isn't, there aren't, there aren't much people involved in it. There's a lot of persons trying to get into comedy now. Uh Comedy ain't easy. You know what I'm saying? And there's, there are different levels of comedy and that's where the problem starts. You can be a comedic content creator Mm -hmm. You can be a comedic entertainer. You can be a comedic actor. But you can't be a comedian. No, but you can't be a (laughs) comedian. Not only comedian, you can't be a stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedy is the hardest form of comedy in the world. Mm. That's when you have to do improv. Like, I kill it at improv comedy. Mm. You put me in front of some people and I see some stuff going on. And you, I got you. You know what I'm saying? I, I can do that. Scripted comedy, some people are because if, if you can read and comprehend, you can do scripted comedy. Uh-huh. Stage plays and all of that, you can do that type of comedy. Uh-huh. You know, you can be a comedic entertainer where you make people laugh by doing, you know, uh, scripted jokes or preempted jokes or whatever, whatever. That's cool. But stand-up comedy, you know, you can do some comedic stuff, but to be a comedian... Mm. It's something different. And mm. we don't differentiate here in the Bahamas. Everyone's a comedian. Yeah, this but guy, so, so, oh, he's making me laugh. Yeah, everyone's a comedian. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm a comedian, you know, you're not. Know. Because, like, people always ask
0: my boy, cool, if he's a comedian. I'm like, no, he's an entertainer. Like, you don't tell jokes. You see that? <laughs> like,
1: like, but my boy, you know Sarge? Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Because um, people but, think Sarge is a comedian. It's like, no, he just make no, comedic and he, sketches. he'll tell you. Yeah. I'm not a comedian. Mm. You know, I, I create comedic content. Mm. I'm a comedic actor, but I'm not a comedian. Mm. And he's probably, like, out of all of the guys in it, like, I'd call him right now and be like, hey, what's going on, my nigga? And we Gucci. I work with him anytime. That's my damn boy. Because he, he understands where he's at. And he'll let you know, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's not trying to sugarcoat or he's not trying to overstep his reach or, you know, he, he this is what I do. Like, he, <laughs> he called me and be like, hey, someone want me to, like, host a party. You want to do that? And I'd be like, all right, bro. He's like, I don't want to do that. now nah, they want me to create content. Yeah. He'll, he'll you him know your name, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'll sit in front of his laptop and he'll create committed content from now till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he'll kill it. Because he knows exactly how to hit the mark with comedic content, mm. but you tell him to stand up in front of some people, he's not interested. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He'll do it, but you know that you know he knows where his lean is, and that's why yeah. I respect him.
0: Yeah, because I've had opportunity to work with him on an Island Luck like ad recently, and then me and him just spoke two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But we ran into each other twice in one weekend. Like mm-hmm. when we was at the award show over Atlantis and then the next day at a convention. Mm -hmm. Um, But people like him and, you know, others like, because I always know what my own lane is or Mm -hmm. like people Mm -hmm. might be like, oh, you such a extroverted person. You should host and this. Like, no, bro. Like, (laughs) you know, I could do, I like doing this and that and that and that. I'm not forcing myself to do something that I don't want to do.
1: And That's where the problem usually starts bro. Mm -hmm. If you asked me to create comedic content, I'd have to bring on a whole production team to do it. Improv comedy on the spot, mm. I got that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Stand-up comedy, I got that. Want me to put together a comedic script? I got that. But creating comedic content like Sarge does, I I, I would be lost. <laughs> I like I physically be lost. If if you ask me to do what he does, mm. I'd tell you, you know call his phone and leave me alone because I don't know how to do that you know what I'm saying no. that's his thing yeah. and I love him for it bro you know what I'm saying but like in this field you just have to know your lane bro exactly you know what I'm saying so
0: how did you so growing so knowing and understanding your lane and understanding LA, I don't necessarily have to be in the US to mm-hmm. gain success how I felt just going from uh, the first follower to the 10,000th follower
1: uh, you know the first, the first followers were probably my family. Mm-hmm. You know, They were like, hey, my nephew, my cousin, my uncle doing something, you mm. know what I'm saying? You know, and it felt good. That person said, hey, you're doing some good stuff. And then when it went to the 10,000, the 20,000, the 30, the 40, the 50, the 60, 70, 80, 90,000, um, that's when it got crazy. Mm. Like today, like today, 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 I can't go in a food store. I can't go in the wash house. I can't go anywhere public without someone doing this. Come, 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 come. <laughs> or sing the song, do the thing with just Eyes Made the bed. Uh, do do it. it. every club, every party, everywhere I go with this music, some do the song, do the song. <laughs> okay, okay. alright, alright. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I...
0: There's a given and a curse type I'm, of situation. I'm here with yeah. my
1: family. I'm trying to have, you know, dinner on the deck. Could we not do this right now? Yeah, and yeah. People, and I I always watch, like, comedic content where comedians or comedic actors are like, people never expect you to turn it off. They expect you to be that person That's they it. see on TV or in their phone all the time not even comedic even like okay
0: like for me I feel it's like we doing all kind of things like we cosplaying doing this being just performative but when I chill in the choir what happened to you wait with something new it's like, like bro I can't like, like chill like I don't like, feel like
1: talking bro, you know so I definitely understand that Oh, I went to to go and pick up a check from a client's office the other day and um, the secretary is like I was like I kinda told you guys I want a direct deposit. Mm. Um I don't know why I'm picking up a check. I prefer direct deposit. And I kinda had like a sour face because I was like, I was kinda pissed. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I didn't expect you to be like this. I swallowed <laughs> you and you're supposed to be funny and chair. I'm like, you messed up my money. Yeah. <laughs> like you messed up my money. I have a problem. <laughs> like and she's like, oh, you have a bad attitude, I thought. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, how do you fix this? How do you fix this? Your smile. I, like, I was like, you look like you want me to come behind there and make that chair do the thing of me. I just mm-hmm. burst out laughing. I just walk off like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Um. You know what I'm saying? This went from, could you not mess up my money and try to make me make you laugh? Do you feel like,
0: <laughs> I feel like when you threaten people with a smile, like, they catch the seriousness but they don't really take it too serious
1: i i bro listen i
0: uh, listen i don't know because that's what i'd be doing i'd be like don't make me come in the box after you then like is
1: he joking or serious and it's like all right watch yeah and i'm yeah. like i i literally have to do it all the time yeah but um bohemians we're not we we're not starstruck people at all. You know, yeah. we see as a movie star, we're like, yeah, okay, all right, all right, John Travolta, all right, Jay-Z, okay, right, Beyonce, whatever. Mm. But when you're a Bahamian. And you have some stardom. When you're a Bahamian, local celebrity, mm. it's different. Mm. Because they can relate to you. They probably know you. They went to school with you. That kid went to school with you. Yeah. They know someone you know. They know your mother. They So it's... Is like real, like celebrity type. You know what I'm saying? I, like I, I'd, I'd be on a line somewhere, like just on a line, like Boop, I ain't nobody. They'd be like Willie, cut me up, by you. and I mean, like, there's like a lot of people here. Should I just? come? They're like, come, don't worry, about them. come, 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 and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like, it's, it's it's be crazy, it's be fun at the same time. Shout out to everybody that loves me. I love you all too. Nah. Let's keep the vibe going. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Actually, before I even pivot to the, my next point, how do you feel about the uh, title, Bahamian Celebrity? Because people, that's always a point of contention where people be like, what you mean, Bahamian Celebrity? Or, like, mm-hmm. they, they say celebrity because of what? Or, like, okay. you
1: know. <laughs> so. I wouldn't put that title on myself because nah. there's going to be some advocate nah. that says, no, you're not. You know what I'm saying? I allow people to put that title on me because the fact of the matter is I do have a fan base. Mm. I do have people that support, us. that support me. I do have people that generally love the things that I do. Mm. I have, And the other side of... Being a com- a comedic entertainer, a co- comedian, public figure, etc. The other side of it is that you create a space for people to go to when they're dealing with the toughest times. Mm. I've had messages from persons that said, "You saved my life," and mm. I was like, "No, this you know this well right? They're saying I'm, oh, you didn't get this, Doctor Phil or <laughs> something," and they're like, "No, like yeah. seriously, you saved my life. I was in a dark Aye. place. I lost my yeah. husband. I lost my wife." I lost my child, I lost my job, I lost my home. And for every time that I felt that I needed to get away, I went to your page and scroll your page and you just made me laugh. And, I, and it's, it's moments like that, that keep me encouraged to just keep doing what I do. You know what I'm saying? Because I've, I've met those people. I've met, I've, some of them I've built relationships with who like, they like, like we have, we have a great communication relationship because mm-hmm. they view me as a, a, um, a a place to go to get away. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's. So
0: was that instrumental when you took the sort of pivot to becoming somewhat of a social political activist?
1: Oh my God! Listen to me, bro. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this because that I call it a stain that scene follows me to today
0: Mm. okay which one you're talking about when you was prosodic protest when it was because this was like 2021 Mm -hmm. and like the early part of 2021.
1: okay so tell me what happened Mm. um i evolved and as i continued to evolve i realized that i should have stopped at some point I went from comedic entertainer to comedian, comedian to public figure, public figure to activist, activist to political activist, Um, political activist to potential politician. Politician. In the middle of that, I did charity. Okay. I had my own charities called the Wellington Roberts um, Family Island Give Back Tour. Mm. Um, what I did was for my fans um, or my followers that, because, you know, some people genuinely, when you make them laugh all the time or they're entertained by you, they want to give you something. Mm. So a lot of my fans are like, well, man, send me a bank account or something, man, I, man, listen, you just make me laugh so much, I wouldn't. Put $120 on your account. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, okay. Um, but I didn't view it like I, I didn't think what I was doing should I should have been paid for it. Because I was literally just doing what I always been doing. Just getting off and having a good time and mm-hmm. making people laugh. So as I as money started to come in, I started to say, okay, let me do something with this money. Mm-hmm. And a few of my fans were Moms that were going through hard times, mm. dealing with children and not having food to eat, and lights getting turned off, and you know rent not being paid, etc. Mm. So I started the the charity, and um, I started to do care packages. Mm. Care packages turned into building supplies um, for persons that were still dealing with Dory mm-hmm. um, and an Abaco and Grandmama. Um, billing supplies um, turned into rental payments uh, uh, rental assistance rental assistance turned into light assistance and I just had a barrage like I didn't even know like persons from corporate Bahamas followed me because uh-huh. I, I thought like my crowd was like crazy people like me because but- no eventually well I can tell you something
0: was happening a lot of the scenes. like from my experience working with an advertising agency for many years once um, in any district when they see individuals have some prominence and following you immediately be in distance view when they especially when it comes to camping. So you be watched for a while and be like, All right, they're hitting this demographic and this the same demographic that we wanna hit. So then eventually you get a phone call and say, Hey, well, we wanna work with you in this capacity, blazy blazy blah, blah. These the numbers, this what we trying to do, boom. And so, like, <laughs> that's how you got trunks, bro. Yeah, yeah. But
1: listen, Corporate Bahamas picked me up, and I started to get random calls from strange numbers, sometimes block numbers, unknown numbers, and they are like, hey, go at this place and pick up a check. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for what you're doing. We love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it. And I'm like, okay, uh, what's your name? Don't worry about it. Just pick the check up. I'm like, all right, cool. Um... <laughs> terrorists. <laughs> okay. you know I'm so, you know, and that started to happen and um, I, I just took the money and I started to give it back to the people that needed it the most. Mm-hmm. So for me becoming that person that was assisting with the life of others, person started to ask me, hey, how about you speak up for us as well? And that's yeah. how I got involved with the, the whole deal with the Atlantis employees that were laid off temporarily, and they basically just wanted to get paid. They were like, "Hey, don't leave us in limbo. Give us our package deals. We're going to leave your company alone. You know, we have bills to pay, et etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So I went from charity organizer to advocate, mm-hmm. advocate, political um, advocate, and it just the, I just spiraled into politics. I was, like, telling a joke one day, and I was, like, you need to stop laughing and start taking care of your country. And people were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, like I, what? I think you could do both because I
0: think a lot of the comedians, like the greats, like a okay, like Dave Chappelle, have turned this comedy into social commentary. They are advocates.
1: Yeah. This cat took it to the next level. I went from an advocate and went in straight into politics. you never see Dave Chappelle like, vote Dave Chappelle. It'd, of course. You know what I'm saying? Right. it would be like, vote Trump or vote Biden. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I took it to the next level. Mm. I was like, vote for me. Okay. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, so that was taking it to the next level. And um, I, I I found that I was fighting a battle I was fighting a battle internally mm. because on one hand, I wanted to, to advocate fight. I wanted to be in place for others and see the betterment of my communities. Mm. And on the other hand, I just wanted to tell some jokes. I wanted to laugh.
0: Were you don't thing you could have done? It, no, because- probably, probably not right now, but maybe in the future where you could be like, well, I old enough.
1: I seen enough. I give. Uh, see, I give. Uh, see, the balance, mm. the balance, the most I can do and the most I think I'll ever continue to do is be an advocate. Okay. Um, going into the political arena again, no. <laughs> I gave that nine nine months of my life. And within that nine months, I would have exhausted. I would have exhausted about at least 37, 38K, bro. Wow. Just... When you get into the political arena, first of all, you need some money. Yeah. You need plenty of money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't need a That's why, I, I, I mean, Chris has always talked about this. I was
0: like, you know, it was one point in time, I was like, yeah, I can be, I wouldn't be Prime Minister of Bombers. But then I was yeah, like, hold on. You have that money. I got to do a bunch of cronyism. <laughs> I got a toe line. I got to do all that. I'd rather just pay the person uh, and bro. be like, we're going to fund you, do what I want, and bro, call it a day. Like, you know, going
1: into the political arena, you become. You become people's fathers, brothers, pastors. Mm -hmm. You become their landlord. You become the person that they want to fight for them. You become their children's godparents. You become everything because now all of their problems are yours. Mm -hmm. And usually most issues can be taken care of with money. So give me money. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna vote for you, give me money. Yes, you know what I'm, saying? It, yeah. I'm gonna vote for you, give me money for my son, give me money for my daughter, mm. I'm gonna vote for you, give me money for my life.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm gonna vote for you, give my landlord some money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it was like it just it just kept going and you know, I'm I'm laughing about that, you know what I'm saying, but you know, if you speak to the average politician, they'll let you know, you know, you need some money. You know what I'm saying? Even even if you just want to do, like, a back to school, you want to, you know, do an event in the community, you want to bring persons together, Mm. it takes money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And um, in political season, it's not like if you and I were to get together and try to pull off an event and we seek sponsorships. Mm. We're just two guys. You know, you from your side of defense me from my side of the friends coming together to do something awesome. We can seek sponsorships. When you become a, a politician, you can only get money from people that support what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And usually someone is, want, they want to go with this party or they want to go with that party and they're not interested in you. And when I ran, I ran as an independent candidate. Mm-hmm. I wasn't under any of the the big two machineries. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I'm a PLP. I ain't giving no money. Goodbye. <laughs> you know. I'm in there for them. I ain't giving you no money. Goodbye. Mm. Um, you know, all right. So what are you doing? Yeah, i would famous for some reason. And because they, they're not used to you being in that space. They say, oh, you're doing your little political thingy. <laughs> no bitch I try I try to, I try to change the country what do you mean what do you mean what do you mean, oh, what do you mean? my little political thing what, what? Uh-huh. I'm out here trying to change the country I'm fighting for people I'm putting myself on the line I'm giving I'm maxing out my debit cards mm. my credit cards I have no money I sold two cars. I gave this person my phone. Are oh, you doing your little political take? No. <laughs> I'm trying to change the world. It's not a little political take. You know what I'm saying? So that that's what was most crazy about it, you know, being an independent candidate and and just trying to get some help and people just not taking you serious at all.
0: Yeah, because I feel like, because I watched the live when after the whole ordeal. You coming back from North Andres. Yeah. I think I was there around that time. Uh, well, which shade was? was it? Was it nomination day? One of them days I was in Andres doing something with um, a client. And I had come back and I think you had just either went over or you didn't make that trip. Or, I can't remember what it was. Okay, But... Basically, you had come on live, and you were saying um, you had to address the whole thing about, oh, well, he switched this, and da-da-da-da, and da da-da-da. da and you just broke down was like, wait, this wasn't really making me happy. Yes. And, and,
1: and I tried to make people understand. They were yeah. like, oh, you're a all political prostitute dog. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, are a whole cat-cock-sucking political Bitch, to, I'm like listen listen to me carefully bad I don't know where y'all was when I spent all that money I don't know where y'all was when my family is like okay uh you're yeah, in with this team all right then carry on smartly y'all don't know where I don't know where y'all was when I was when I had to pay six months I paid six months advance rent to my landlord and to live in Andrus. I literally was living in Andrus. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Never lived there as an adult my entire life. I went into a community where I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. All the other politicians, they lived in Nassau, they flew in. Mm-hmm. They spent a day or two. I went and I lived there for six months. Mm-hmm. So when my potential uh, voters... Um, by the bar grabbing a drink, I grabbing a drink with them. When they in the food store, I in the food store with them. When they had the wash house, I had the wash house with them. Uh-huh. When they go to church, I in the pillow in the back of them. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to live in that community so that people were able to see me every day and they would have been able to say, hey, all right, maybe we'll give them a chance. Left my home, left my home for six months, uh-huh. left work for six months and just went down just to spend money. Basically, yeah. wow. you know what I'm saying. So that, that that was that was crazy, bro. You know what I'm saying. But um, like I said to persons, I didn't I didn't step down to join any particular group. I stepped down and I endorsed the candidate, um, the PLP candidate for North Anderson Bay Islands constituency, because him and I shared the same views. Mm. We shared the same views. We had the same thought process for. Where that constituency could go, and he was the out of the two, he was he was the best candidate, in my view, who could carry that constituency where they need to be. So I I stepped down and I endorsed him, mm. and after endorsing him, I I went, I joined his campaign, and I assisted with with his campaign, and after the election was over, I just went back to comedy. I went back to where I was comfortable, mm. and. What happened was that I think that was the craziest period in my life. So I have 100,000 people that followed me for comedy. Mm -hmm. When I went into politics, that went down to 50,000. So 50,000 of those persons, like, okay, you're not telling jokes anymore. Uh, We don't want to be here. You know, you suck now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to leave you alone. Or the 50,000 that were there, they were like, eh. He's just going to a phase, 25,000 25, that were, he's just going to a phase, you know, we love him to death, etc etc The other 25% were like, okay, this is a good deal. Let's, let's do it. We support you. We back you, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. So there wasn't much movement on the page. And then to that 50,000, I now went an, an additional 25,000 joint. Uh-huh. So I went back to 75,000, but that 25,000 were staunch political people, they were like, okay, we fighting, we doing this, we going against the green, we ain't going over here, and we ain't going over there, we running down the middle, and we with you. So that 25,000, when I said, no, I ain't doing no more, they are like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you, you's a piece of crap, you's a piece of this, you ain't worth cat shit and Chinese money. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on here? <laughs> so it became crazy, and um, that's when you started blocking people on your. Feet. I had to because people were going crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> people were threatening me, bro. I was uh-huh. I was literally getting threats, bro. Oh, when I see a car, the, the, there was one point where someone tried to run me off the road, bro. <laughs> what he knows why. Someone tried to run me up the road. They screwed, they screwed on the window. They flipped me They flipped me off. And they're like, yeah, we got ass in Chinese money. Why you ain't going with this party? But I'm like, oh my God, y'all taking this too seriously. <laughs> like, y'all really going crazy. Oh, man. You know, so I, I, that was a crazy part in my life because I went from comedy to politics. Politics, you know, back to comedy and within that transition i i grew some some i what what do you call it i got some hate mail from persons that just couldn't understand what i did all right so
0: talk about you being a father and i is it four children
1: three and one on the way okay so it's gonna be four yeah it's gonna be four all right, so talk about. Oh my God, this, this isn't going to be viewed by a lot of people. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
0: we're just to back because we're already
1: an hour in. So they still <laughs> Yeah, all right. So um, the thing about it is. Like um, being a father and doing this comedian and the option. I mean, okay. So um, I've always tried to make my children a part of my comedy, Mm. I either would bring them in directly or indirectly. Um, When I would shoot the live, when I shot the live um, show um, back in 2020 during the pandemic, I would always include my children. I would bring them on the live feed either before or after. Um, So like I have fans Mm. that know all of my children by their full names and can identify them if they see them. And I've never met these people. <laughs> I've never met these people. I don't know some of their names. But if they see one of my children, I've had persons physically take photos of my children when they were with their moms and sent back to me and be like, oh, I met Chance, or I met Miracle, or I met Kirsten, or I saw them. I was like, and I'm like, okay, let me record your name in case the police don't <laughs> <it." laughs> you know yeah. But yeah, yeah. so... Um, I, I always infuse my children inside of my comedy mm. because I wanted persons to know that I was not only a comedian, but I was also a father. And I was a good father. You know what I'm saying? I, I love my children. Um, I would take them everywhere behind me. And, um, you know, just like every Saturday, Sunday, you catch me and my son in the barber. You know, Saturday afternoon, you catch me and my middle child in the mall, you know throughout the week you catch me and my baby together. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it was always me and my children and and being a, a comedian and, and, and working at the same time, you know, I had to create a balance. Like my children, my children are now at the age where they're recognizing that people know their dad. Mm. So my middle daughter, she's three and if you if I were to bring her here right now and she would join this conversation, you'd be like, she's three? <laughs> so she she saw me on TikTok. She goes on her mom's TikTok. Uh-huh. She saw me on TikTok and she's like, daddy have a song. She's like, Mommy, you know that's my daddy? She's like, yeah, you know your daddy have a song? And <laughs> so every time my daughter, she comes over, she's like, just made the bad, dude. The- I'm like, girl, I'll slap you. You know <laughs> that song, man? I'd be like, you want me to chop you in your neck, girl? <laughs> Should talk about you know and my son my son my son, I love my son so much, my son wants to be a um he wants to be a blogger mm. because How old is he he's gonna be seven okay, so he was like, daddy, I want you to buy me um he wants you to buy him a cell phone with the stand and the ring light and he wants me he wants to start his own YouTube page mm. because and all of that he was inspired by watching me on live videos and his mom showing me on live videos. And he always, because a big part of of my content was um, I did uh, like a food tour. I don't know if you ever saw any of my food videos. No. Okay. So I would go to different restaurants and eat food and talk about it. And, um, you know, would have it on my page, et cetera, et cetera. And I do live feed videos around certain restaurants. So he wants to be a blogger and he like like when he's eating his food, he be like, Daddy, record me. I'm like, hey, this is Chance Roberts and I'm at my daddy's house and we're having chicken and, and potatoes, stuff like that. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? And that's his blog because he, he saw something that I did. You know, so um yeah, I always included my children in my comedy, man. Mm. You know? So you mentioned this song. How did you come up
0: with the this like I do <laughs> like I seen the viral video and then I was like this this I feel like this came
1: on my own brain. <laughs> so Bro, like, listen I, to me. One night I was shooting my live feed video. I cause I, I feel like one of the
0: I don't know if it's that live, but one live I watched to the full thing and I saw something you did
1: live and then I was like, Oh, this is gonna go viral and, and, and then did Let me tell you what my fans would do. And I didn't even have to do it. My fans would come on my live feed every night and then clip the funniest portion. Mm. They would clip the funny. They would screen record, clip the funniest portion, and then put it on TikTok. Mm. So a lot of my content that's on TikTok, I never even put there. Wow. You know what I'm saying? My fans would have clipped it from a live feed video, and then they put it there. And that song was one of the things. And the fan that clipped it, it was a female, a, she, and she said she liked it because I was doing this. Yeah. I was doing some head movement. She's like, yeah.
0: hey,
1: hey, and she clipped it. Now, what happened is the song, I I, I, I swear to you, uh, if you look at the original, the original, original, original song. Yeah, what it is. You'll see, you'll see cool. where I, I started, like, I think I was talking about something but a bed. And I was like, All right, I got this out. I, I, I know, I know, I know how to do this. And I played that song, and that that thrillville, the beginning of the song, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, This will be busy done. <laughs> and I went to say it one time, yeah. and I said, I thought it was cool. And I was like, Eyes made the bed, do the do the um and then I stopped, and then I was like, Say it again. Eyes made the bed, do the do the ting-um. and I swear to you, my fan. One of my fans clipped that exactly at 30 seconds. Mm. And that one clip was placed on TikTok. That song, that video was on TikTok before I was on TikTok.
0: Yeah, because I think because... It because was, of that, you, that, you that just made just me like, join TikTok. It, yeah, because I've seen other videos from 2020 AU on TikTok, but I don't... It wasn't posted by me.
1: Yeah. So that video made me join TikTok. Because I, I heard persons person talking about TikTok, I even heard, heard Donald Trump talking about TikTok, how he's going to block TikTok in the U.S. because it's a Chinese app, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it takes information, et cetera. I was not into TikTok. Mm. My claim to fame was came from Facebook. Yeah. My Facebook Live videos. I was, TikTok was something that's, I was like, what is TikTok? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now today on TikTok, um, you know, I think I'm up to like about like, I think I'm up to like maybe like 15,000 followers and I'm up to like about 80,000 likes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, and that, this would have happened in the space of a few months. Because um, here was your content been circulating. So now yeah. it's like, this the
0: person there. Yeah, yeah, this is so. your boy. They're like, mm-hmm. oh,
1: this is your boy. Mm-hmm. I was not on TikTok, bro. Mm-hmm. That video caused me to join TikTok. And um, that video went viral to the point where that same song clip, that is played in Atlanta clubs, that is played in Canada, that clubs in Canada. Wow. That's played on the Farmy Islands, of course. Yeah. Um, I was one of my friends. He was like in, tech, like I think a cousin. He was in, like in Texas, yeah. in a club, and he's like, bro, they playing your song. I was like, <laughs> what? And he, he he held his phone up. Yeah. And there's this huge club with this huge stage, and they playing my song. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? I'm like that's crazy. And it's a thirty second clip. Yeah, because people be, because what people started doing is
0: taking TikTok phenomenons and playing them in the club, and people do the dance. Off, bro, you know,
1: like. and then um, I don't know. You, know, I'm sure you know Daddy Whites. Yeah. Okay, so Daddy White's came to me is like, bro, the song is in me heart. I want to do something with it. I was like, "You curse a lot and say stuff I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, eee. "He's like, no, I, I can do it clean. I can do it solid." I was like, um. "I was like, all right, boys, let's do it." So he took the clip and he just wild out with it. When I heard the song, I was like, "I, I said that you were going to do something. Like that. <laughs> you did exactly what you said you're gonna." He's like, I, it's, it's an extremely vulgar song. His version of it is extremely vulgar,
0: yeah.
1: and I was like, eh, I I would not have done it that way. You know Man. what I'm saying? Man. But he he not he made it he made it more of a hit Man. because now it's a full length song Man. It went from a thirty second clip to now White's doing like a three minute song. Wow! You know what I'm saying? And he he that that portion of it is the chorus. Wow. So the chorus is played like three times in between him spitting some, some lyrics like two times. So he made a full-on song <laughs> with it. And people, he sells it on the CD. People play it in their cars. Wow. But the original content, the original clip was something that a fan clipped from a live feed video and it went viral. And that's how it started. But speaking <laughs> all of
0: you performing this song, it's the first time I saw you perform at Chunk New Village. Bro. Like, they were
1: you up and he was like, I just made the vet. Do the, the thing, thing up, up and uh, bro, listen to me. And what it is. I, I, <laughs> listen, like, I've I've been on like concert stages performing that 30 seconds. Old, they're like, boy, do the song, do the song, do the song. I'm like, um, it's only 30 seconds. They're like, do the song. I would be at an event hosting, uh-huh. I have nothing to do with nothing, and because the DJ knows who I am. He's the out here, and then everybody like do the song. And I'm like, I came here to host these persons are Christians. What are you talking about? So, so they did.
0: Barb okay because I know you've been the face of this underground fight club stuff that's been going on oh my
1: god <laughs> and you was announcing this, this. disclaimer <laughs> disclaimer <laughs> disclaimer disclaimer <laughs> hey disclaimer oh man alright so um, <laughs> tell us how you get caught because I've been because I work
0: at um, Eyewitness News ILTV for As Girl. I be telling like someone need to do a story about how the growing under like fight club culture that's Bro, okay, it,
1: okay. so it's a celebrity fight club culture. Nobody's
0: seen other people start, because they seen that. They uh, start putting their little things bro, together in listen the bar. it,
1: Bro, listen to me. Wait. So dudes randomly call me and be like, Hey, um, I will not fight my cousin. Um, you think you can <laughs> lie? <laughs> what? There's, there's a tattoo artist that called me. He's like, hey, um, I will fight this other tattoo artist. I'm like, um, maybe you should go and tell him you want to fight him. <laughs> and they're like, no man, I want you to set it up like so you can do it in the ring and we can be like one tattoo um shop against another tattoo shop. And I'm like, all right, bro, mm-hmm. let me see what's going on. I'll figure it out. Um, the whole whites Bobotino fight which was the first fight
0: y- y'all hyped that up cause it was like everyone's like they gonna box for real or they play fighting
1: it, but bro <laughs> listen to me carefully bro let me tell you how that gone bro uh-huh. so um White just like hey uh well hey, let's do something solid but let's let's do something together I said alright bro he's like, Man, like I wanna do like a fight or something I was like um you know, I would physically go to the police station and make a complaint against you Like, right now. <laughs> I was like, I will not fight you. He's like, no man, not you, man. Like, man, like I would make, I like, say, like, man, me, like me and T, not gonna do something, something. I was like, did you speak to him about it? He's like, no, but I, I get reason and blah blah blah. So they came together. Um, yeah, shut up, my boy, Dice Sanders, the whole jungle family. Yeah, I know Dice. <laughs> jong <Junk>, jungle <laughs> village family, bop, I wanted to take credit to
0: why he had, um, who he chose for the second one, because initially when I saw the Bobotino, fire say, well, you should do one with Sarge and vocab." get this credit, he got this credit <laughs> And he's like But he's I say wait
1: Because they'll do All the different videos And hype it up And you know? uh, No but uh, Listen uh, We uh, <laughs> We doing comedy man We, <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> fight. we ain't We throwing no hands We doing comedy bro Yeah So anyway So uh, Whites and Tino Decided that they were gonna Put it together um, They consulted Dyson Dyson's like Alright Listen um, I got Whites And I got Tino mm-hmm. I need you. I say, boss, what do you mean you need me? He say, man, listen, ain't ain't gonna sell unless you sell it. So I say, okay, all right, cool. Boom, I connected with White and Tino. Now, let me tell you how the mindset of two individuals makes good content. Mm-hmm. So White is like, all right, Tino's my boy. We just hang out, we cool. We're going in the ring and we going to spa. Mm. <laughs> At the same time, people are telling Tito, oh, you dope old uh, whites could kill you in that ring, mate. So, 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 so Tito's like, he killed me. Wait, oh, let me go. gotta like box with you. And like, what people don't know. Uh, Tina was actually training. Oh, that's why he was in that blue. <laughs> no, he was actually training and he was actually consulting a real boxer. Oh. And Bobo Tino was physically training yeah. while his wife's like, yeah, that's my boy. We getting and spamming and everything cool, going." <laughs> but on the other hand, people were telling Bobo "But why you so old, Dobo White whites can kill you in the ring, but So man. it's my he can kill me. Like a <laughs> leg out of place. <laughs> so they were, they were, they went into the ring What's with two, two different mics. <laughs> yeah. One is like, ah, we just can't clown around. That's yeah. like, but I can kill you. <laughs> so, yeah. so when they went into that ring and when whites realized that Tino hit him like two real blows, he's like, what? No way, like, oh, I ended <laughs> He like he fall on the ground he's like, man, I don't want to fight. I don't wanna fight no more, like oh, I into that. But then persons were like, bro, get up and fight, man, get up and fight. And that's when he started running around the ring and trying to choke himself out. He was trying to throw himself over the ring of <laughs> but, but But Bobo T Bobo Tito was physically in there trying to make a point. Like, my wife, I kill you, but you are playing. Bobo's but was like, ah, he was like, I'm a jabber and jabber. White's like, why don't you bye. Hey, hey, move for me, <laughs> you know. So oh, that that happened like that, and in the middle of that, um, I was responsible for creating the hype content around it. Uh, so I was selling the show. Yeah, so I, I sold it, bro. I sold it, but uh, and I understood that they had two different mindsets. But I was like. Alright, I can tell him <laughs> what he thinking, and I can tell him what he thinking. So let me just see what they can do.
0: Well, I think I because one of my critiques of not really that fight, but the uh, second fight was I was like, I was because I spoke to someone who was there for the second fight. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Sherwood, he was a past guest on the show, and Sherwood's trained. you know who Mofi is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's trained Mofi, and I was oh, like, wow. I was like, bro. If I ever do the celebrity boxing, I say, like, wait, I want to train with you He's like, wait, yeah, wait, we get you straight. Because I was like, well, I really want to knock them because I, like, I just want to be, you just protect, want to be able to like, do, protect, do, do, do. and move. Because uh. it's like, I can make it you a know, whole theatrical day and then come up with a whole how you enter the ring and everything. Uh, uh, and I was like, well, I didn't think they talk to be like, yeah, we only sparring, no head shots, no this and no that or whatever. So uh. I was like, you know. but. I was like, because someone could get hurt, like you so one person taking it seriously and there ain't no even way classes and thing. I
1: say, like, you know. Yeah, it, and, and the the second fight was uh-huh. um the or one okay, so the second fight was Vocab and um
0: and uh-huh. King Clown. Yeah, King Clown.
1: Another misunderstanding at its greatest. Oh yeah. Where um, vocab like Bobotino, he went and consulted an actual boxer. Yeah, and Cloud, he went and he went into the gym. He's like, let me just bulk up and bulk up and I just do a show. One or two blows would be like I could just block them and you know I vocab's like, you're going down. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And Cloud is like, what did you just say? Did we just say that? What did you just say? Man. So they went into this ring with two different mindsets. You know what I'm saying? He he went and he, he did the whole theatrics. He the had security. like bodyguards mm-hmm. and he had like theme music to come in the ring and he had specific type dimensions for his clothing, et cetera. He was like, you know, he did the whole um, Wayme- uh, May- Mayweather deal. Yeah. You know, folk I was like, you know, I'm bringing my Grammy, my granddaddy, my mommy, <laughs> my daddy, my cousin. Like, I want my family see me. Knock this dude out. Yeah. And they, you know, they went in there. Um, they did their thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> King Cloud lost. <laughs>
0: um I, I don't even know how you lose a, a match at a celebrity box. Like, that ain't even supposed <laughs> to be. <me. laughs> this is this, a celebrity boxing box. So, 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 so. this, so, like,
1: this, is, this is what I'm saying. A celebrity boxing box is supposed to be, you know. For charity
0: and you then, know, you know
1: just like the Tyson
0: and, and Roy Jones fight like yeah Tyson get knock him, but it's like lift him up okay let's continue going around tonight, right?
1: uh, I, I mean see I, these dudes boy <laughs> they, 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 like, somebody always will fight for true like, somebody Tino you know, will fight for true Poggiar will fight for true I like these niggas <laughs> really will fight for true like, like and with this this third one that's well, what of, Ken
0: Starr <laughs> and um Rose Saquon
1: Rose won't fight for true will, like, they, <laughs> like and I think that's what makes it really interesting because somebody will fight for true and somebody just coming in there like
0: the clown around the clown like, around like the,
1: hey buddy take your time because
0: you can play with boxing that's why like, <laughs> so that's so
1: what, what, I'm thinking with well, this this next one we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do something different Not
0: just tell people hey no head and then just spot touch and move
1: that's all we're gonna have to do it different because somebody always will fight for true yeah. <laughs> you know and, and that's where the problem is oh, that. that's where the problem is that. somebody really will fight for true and oh, the man. next person just they're just clowning and the problem is start, bro
0: and that's all you know because I was like how How is Vokab so was swinging, and I was like, he's swinging wide. I'm like, if that was a real fighter, as soon as he swing wide like this, is one, two. But, oh, but see, know, that's like, what I'm saying. You know. and see,
1: see, but King Cloud didn't, he didn't use what he had an advantage. His height was, and length. His height and length. Yeah. He wasn't even supposed to let Vogab touch him. And he keep on putting his head he's low. He's supposed to just keep him, keep him down, and every time he opened up, just... Yeah. Just put it on him because yeah. he has the height. you are you taller than the dude and you longer and you're longer than the dude. Yeah. So you off uh, you over him and you can keep him off you. Yeah. And you just doing this. No, but he had one duckiness. like, see like, me here, what you gonna do? You can <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, but um, it, it was it was fun, it was funny. It, it was kind of not,
0: not funny. Yeah it was he was <laughs> out and it wasn't no ambulance.
1: And it was he's, like, well the thing about it is we and and that's why I'm saying we're going to have to clean it up a lot. We did have medical professionals there. Okay. We had um we had two trained EMS on staff there yeah. um for that night. And one of the persons that went into the ring with um with King Cloud, a mm-hmm. part of his management team, um, he's uh, he's an EMS. Mm-hmm. So we did have EMS on scene, but for the next one you know, according to how we do this, um, we're going to, we're gonna do some things differently. Have you gotten like pushed back from the boxing federation for this stuff? Um, no, because it's celebrity boxing match. It's <sighs> we're, we're not we're not tapping into their world of trained fighters. Okay, young trained fighters who could potentially go into you know world competitions. We're not. We're not, <laughs> we grabbing two. <laughs> and, and we put them in the ring, and you know, one of them will fight you through. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what's going on. Numbers, you
0: might come with a celebrity who, like, he might not have his hands licensed, but he already had significant training, and everybody
1: ain't know that. And then someone really. You know. uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But we're going to have to clean this up a whole lot. We're going to have to clean it up Um, the next go around. Because there are a lot of questions that are now being asked. And um, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of comments are being made. So, uh, we're going to clean it up. So,
0: before this, because I know this is probably the last question I asked. Your fitness journey, what inspired that? And that sort of connected to the whole
1: story you told with the the kids part Listen, um, So... For persons that know me personally, uh-huh. um, over the past two years, I've had uh, this condition with my left foot. Mm. My left foot—it it swells, it swells, and I don't know why it swells. And then it goes down, and then it it swells and it goes down, etc. I got all sorts of different tests. Um, you know, it's it's not hypertension. I don't have um, what they call it gout. fluid, or I don't have gout. Any of those things. I did all the tests. It's just. Um, some sort of, uh, well, I found out what it was, but there's, there's an issue with my, my veins. Uh, the circulation. Yes. Okay. So what happened, what, not, not even circulation, the circulation of veins, you can wear suppression socks and you can do um, surgeries and stuff to, to correct mm. that. What I found out I have is something that's called a leaky vein. Mm. What happens is when I stand on my feet for long periods of time or I walk for long periods of time, there's a vein that has... Um, like a a drip, mm. and it drips. It drips the the excess fluid from the veins that's just supposed to flow around my body. It drips, and gravity pulls it down. Okay. All right. The corrective surgery is like 5k. Um, I think I'm gonna do that like maybe end of the year. Okay. Um, but it's it's not anything that is uh detrimental. Okay. Um, you know, you know, only thing's gonna happen is I'm gonna have the de- deformity in the foot. Mm. So, um, before I learned all of that, I was like, okay, I don't know what the hell's going on. I did all these tests, and no one can figure out what's going on. So, let me go to the white people. Mm. (laughs) It's like, let me go to white people before I was going on. So, um, I took a a trip in the early part of this year, or mid mid part, yeah, recently. Um, I took a trip, and um, I spent like $1,500 to learn that I have the leaky vein situation and it can only be corrected via surgery. Um, and on top of that, you know, basically the doctor's like, hey, fat boy, um, stop being fat. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? I was like, ah, okay. So... You need 5K and we throw it in salts. All right, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, he was like pretty cool. You know, he's like, listen, the nutshell of it is, you know, the bigger you are, you're going to have issues. Mm. That's just what it is.
0: Mm. You know,
1: the more um, body mass you have, you just gonna okay. have issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he said, the good thing is that you don't have any of the, the regular issues. No hypertension, no diabetes. Mm. You know, I don't have any of the any heart issues, any of those things, things that are related to obesity, I don't have. Mm. Because all my life, and I guess I can praise my mom and my grandma. shut up Grammy, shut up mommy, boom. Um, they, they learned early that I had a, a love for vegetables. Mm. So I would always eat lots of greens, in particular broccoli, mm. cauliflower, and stuff like that. So all my life, even though I was eating everything inside on my seafood diet, mm. see the food, eat it. <laughs> um, uh, I all I always took in a lot of greens whether it was a salad or just um, greens I always ate. So my my weight was part fat and also part muscle. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just straight fat. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? It was part fat, part muscle because I always maintained the balance. So, um, you know, basically the doctor's like you got to lose some weight. And uh-huh. then he said for the the surgery to be successful You're going to have to lose some weight because after the surgery, you're going to be off your feet for, like, about two weeks. Mm. Responsibly. He said one week is fine, but two weeks just to make sure. You know what I'm saying? And when you're on bed rest for, like, two weeks, you can't be big. You only get bigger.
0: Mm. You
1: know what I'm saying? So he's like, manage your weight. So when you have to do this bed rest, I'm going to do some therapy. Just, you know, probably get on treadmill maybe twice every week or whatever. Mm. And then... Go back to bed. You know what I'm saying? Um, so he said, you have to lose some weight. Uh-huh. So when I came back, I was spending my money, learned that I'm fat. I don't <laughs> know why I just didn't look in the mirror and say, myself $1,500. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after later that, uh, uh, you know, I needed to get my stuff together, I changed my diet. Uh-huh. And um, I, I started a keto diet. Okay.
0: That's what my boy Julian did too.
1: Yeah. The yeah. keto the keto diet's principle is basically meat and salad or meat and vegetables. Mm. No starch. No rice, no pasta, no potatoes, no Nothing um, that can turn sugar. Yeah. So it's rice, pasta, potatoes, and something else. What's the other one? Rice pasta potatoes. Any starch, yeah, starch or, or related. carbohydrates. Yeah, so um I removed those. Like bread? Bread, that's yeah. what it is. Sorry, that was yeah. the last one. Yeah. So it's bread, rice, potatoes, and pasta. They all they enter the body as starch, and then they break down to sugar. Mm. Sugar breaks down to fat. Mm. You know, so I had to learn that certain things you put in. The reason why it stays is because of. So um, after I started the keto diet, um, a few trainers had reached out to me. They're like, "All right, we see you trying to get yourself together. Um, mm-hmm. Would you like to do this? Would you like do that?" I was like, "All right." There's another dude that reached out to me. Let me see what's going on. The best deal that I got was um, from my trainer, Kumbe Smith. Big up Mm Kumbe, best in the business. And everyone was offering me like two weeks of training, three weeks of training, a month training, a month and a half training. Kumbe's like, we're going whole nine. Let's do 90 days. Uh You know, three months. So I was like, all right, um, I'll jump on board with that. And um, we did the 90-day challenge. I lost like, 40 pounds, like 37, 36, 37 pounds. And um, it was awesome. Um, I was able to fit in some clothes that I had in the closet for like three, four years that I couldn't put on. Mm. Was, the tire was too, the leg portion was too small, or the arm portion was too small, or whatever. And, um, you know, after doing that, I learned that I can do it. You know, the last time I, I trained in tents like that was when I was in training back in 2014. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. My body was on low from then. So 2014, extreme exercise. 2014 to 2022, (laughs) just being fat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then extreme exercise again. My body said, hey, nigga, slow down, bro. You know, Mm -hmm. you got some weight on you. And I had to push through it, bro. And um, pushing through it gave me the results that I wanted. Um, I removed a lot of sugar. Like, um on average, like behemoths we drink like two, three bottles of sodas, two, three mystic, mm. you know, Kool-Aid, a cup or two of Kool-Aid, and that's just one day. Yeah. You already <laughs> <were, you know laughs> yeah,
0: drink a bag of sugar. A you day. know what I'm saying? And yeah.
1: That you you just putting the sugar in, you know what I'm saying? And the body the human body is so amazing. Like, if you eat all that today and you don't eat tomorrow, your body stores what you have for, as reserves to uh-huh. say, you know, we don't know where the next meal is going to come from. So we store the sugar. And as the sugar is stored, it turns to fat. Uh-huh. And the fat always grows around your stomach, your thighs, your back, lower um, abdominal, and your ass. <laughs> so you be putting on some weight everywhere where you don't want it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's what happened. And um, I started a weight loss journey and I, I pushed through with it, then you know yeah. it felt good that's good yeah man But well, that's this has been a lot <laughs> so much yeah you so tell your whole life
0: story when we but this I just tell them uh, you wanna know the life story of Wellington Roberts yeah Watch this was it.
1: gonna edit some of that stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank yeah, you I'm again good. for joining us on Everything Cool Welly we really appreciate bad. it
1: I appreciate y'all
0: <laughs> this has been a very entertaining audio journey yeah man but you know, until next time. Well, follow Wellington on all the socials. You on Facebook, TikTok? Yeah,
1: um, Facebook. Um, my fan page was hacked. A lot of my fans, the fans that I had the two hundred thousand plus during, the, and this is the next thing why I hate politics, bro. During the political season, mm-hmm. my page was so influential that I don't want to point any fingers, but y'all know, y'all y'all hacked my page. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a group of people. Allegedly yeah. hacked my page and locked me out. Wow! So my 200,000 plus followers—they um, haven't seen me on my my fan page platform in months. Um, more than months now, almost a year. Yeah, yeah. Almost a year. So I haven't been on my fan page platform in almost a year. So I reverted back to my personal page mm-hmm. on Facebook, which is the Wellington Roberts um, page um, on Instagram. It's uh Wellington Roberts Comedy on TikTok. I'm Wellington Funny Two Four Two. Um and those are my platforms. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well until next time we can
1: see y'all later. Most definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, see. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>